Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome down to the helmet. Look at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons. Got Katie Flower here, and we're going to be discussing dynasty trading tactics, tips, and tricks because this is the t- the time of year where you're going to get some pretty stable data points, whether that's doing a startup draft or you're in an existing league that maybe your rookie draft was a few weeks ago. Maybe you're knee-deep in a rookie draft upcoming in the next month or six weeks. So this is a good time to say, where do I stand on player value? Is there something that can be had? And I think at all times, we get excited when we get that email that we have a trade offer. It could be anything. Something at the end of the rainbow that uh, could be an auto accept, could be something we counter offer, could be something we reject slash ignore uh, because it is just not in the same stratosphere that we are looking at for for player value or something for our team. So, so Katie, let's talk about in general. You get that you received an offer, yay, you know, or if you don't like it, boo, basically. And we're going to discuss a, a lot of that range of outcomes. And the first question that I always think of is: Is it workable? You know how how close are we? Just on that mental checklist of like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's maybe an auto accept. Uh, am I missing something? You know those types where you have to check the news on a player. Be like, did somebody get hurt? Because you know I must be missing something here. We get those occasionally, and then there's ones that aren't particularly close. Um, what kind of goes through your head when you're assessing just right through the email that you may not even have a full sense of your own roster because you're in a bunch of leaks? Yeah, I mean, you've got to eventually go to that league and look at specifically the scoring settings and everything. You've got to refresh your memory. I absolutely 100% would advocate especially if you're in multiple leagues to review your settings for scoring, because if you forget that it's tight end premium and it would be a smash, except otherwise you have to have to have to revisit that league's scoring settings, the number of people in the lineup, If you only need to start one wide receiver, but you could start up to six, big difference from if you've got to start three wide receivers and you can start up to six. Yeah, exactly. And and you you may have an idea, but like you said, that double check of how much of a premium something is, is it two quarterback mandatory? Is it more of a running back centric format? Um, All those things are key. And, And the other part would be also, What's in the the rookie draft if you're dealing with picks? Does that include Devi? Does it include IDP? Um, 
you know, what options do you have there can increase or decrease the value if it's, if it's a depleted and rookie only, uh, then you kind of have to have a general sense. That's one thing, especially early in the off season, you go, Oh, it's rookie depleted 110. Well, you go, uh, I got to actually go and look and, and see who from this class is not part. And let me do a quick dirty math of how many am I really interested in before there's that stark fall off typically in those type of formats. Um, exactly. I think one, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is a lot of people don't check and it's a smash accept, which then, okay, you got your deal. But the art of the deal is the counter. Exactly. And I, that's why I really thought it was important this time of year, especially, you know, not a whole lot of news going on. Good time to, to reset uh, to factory settings here uh, for what our, some of our moves are. And I would say one thing that you need to assess, and that, that can be looking at both offers, that can maybe, if they sent two or three offers, it can be clear that there's a theme, maybe a positional theme. Maybe they're going after a specific player two or three different ways. But what's the intent of their offer? Are they selling something particular? Are they buying something particular? And honestly, that determines the direction of your counter because you need to uh, assess what their goals are. And that's what makes the best counters if you can leave in or even enhance what they're looking for, even if you're tweaking it to make it better in your eyes as well. Well, exactly. I mean, let's face it. Most people that make a, an offer, they really don't look at your team. They don't look at what you need. They don't look at what you want. They don't really care. They want what they want. And they're going to make their best offer based on what they want. But then you have to look at, okay, so they want this. What are you willing to then negotiate to and a lot of people are very weak at this so judging what they're specifically looking for and then making it palatable to to your team's interests yeah that's I, the whole art of the deal and a good example of this and i i usually like to go both directions if it is let's create an example deal they are sending you antonio gibson for your first round pick. So we have a simple deal, one for one. So there's two parts. Do, do, are they specifically selling Antonio Gibson? So that's one part of the deal. You can say, well, I would rather pay a second and this player for Antonio Gibson. So you send that as a counter offer because I don't want to give you the first. Or you could also look at it and or the other part would be, oh, well, you're trying to buy my first round pick. I don't think Antonio Gibson is what I would want return from that. So you switch out the player. You say, okay, here's another offer that you can have my first round pick. But instead of Antonio Gibson, I want this or I want Antonio Gibson and something. And you can send, again, that, that, that dialogue I just created could be one. It could be up to maybe four counter offers that all fit that idea of keeping in what they might be interested in, either selling Antonio Gibson or buying a first. Exactly. And the, one of the things that frustrates me the most about Dynasty is that people expect that everybody's for trade. And you may get a trade for Josh Allen in a Superflex, and it's not up to your standards. Do you counter? And if you counter, what do you counter for? 
And, and that's the whole purpose of this particular exercise. You don't have to, just because somebody wants a player does not mean that you have to trade that player. Well, look at, look at their roster because they may not have a, they might be a weaker team and they just don't have the combination of assets that you'd be looking for. Exactly. B, right. what type of assets do they have? I mean, to say that you have to trade Josh Allen for, you know, Mac Jones plus this, plus this, plus this, you might not want to do a one for four type of deal. And that may be honestly what it takes from their roster, or you may not want to trade your QB one for a wide receiver one and something else like that may not be the type of deal. So it's not always there. Like I always say, make an offer to every, every, every owner in your league, but that's not always possible. I skip teams. Right. It, right. I mean, you might look at it and be like, well, this player, I would trade them for a second. Well, so, some teams might not have a second and you may not find a deal of a third for and something else that is the same to you. And you may just, oh, I'll skip it and I'll offer around to other, other leagues and other teams where it's more applicable. Let me ask you this. When you get an offer and you've gone in, you've analyzed it, you've looked at the rosters, you've looked at your own, you know the format, you know the scoring, you have a good sense of things. And then you say, I love this deal. Are you the type that every time, without fail, at that moment, you just click accept? Or do you sometimes try to go for a little more? Where are you on the, oh, I really like this. I really like this. And you just click accept, clean cut, offer to you, deal accepted. I can move on with my team and improve fashion by my analysis. I'm more of a, if I like the deal, I'm going to click accept rather than try to milk them for that extra third round pick or whatever it may be. That's me. But I also respect and can understand people that want to get, well, you know, it's, not quite exactly the way I want it. If they offered they, that, why wouldn't they pay a little more? Right. They already exactly. offered it unsolicited. This is what they offered. And I already really like it. Um, I will say that it depends if it's the first one versus the second or third in a series. Right. Uh, because I will say if, if negotiations go on when at some point there is a, this is my final offer. And they right. may not say this is my final offer, but they may move on or they may also be exploring with, with another team on a different angle. So well, I, I will say, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, will, well, I will say I have lost a deal or two on doing this type fashion, but I will say using the different words, if you love the deal, just go for it, make it easy, make it nice and clean. And congratulations, you put another trade under your belt that was sent to you. And then the other thing is, if you just like it, then I think that is where you need to, uh, you know, scrub it up and polish it around the edges because you like it, but maybe you don't like it that much. And I think you've said before. I mean, it's your team. You've you've built the players and assets on your team. Every single one of them, by some form or fashion, they didn't just get randomly selected onto your team. And and so th moving them off of it, uh, that means you need to have something that moves the inertia moves the gravity from your team to, uh, I like that better. The gravity is more for those assets coming on it. So if it's just like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Then I think that's an absolute perfect time to say, I need something to push me over the top. I need some icing on this cake because otherwise I like my team. I like these players. I, I, I got them all for a specific reason at some point in time. You got to have to move me off my position. Oh, absolutely. 
And, and that's the whole thing about trades and countering. Everybody has their point and you have to figure out what is your point? What do you want to accomplish with this trade? And will you be satisfied with XYZ plus a player or plus a pick? You've, you've got to have your line in the sand. If a, if a deal isn't all that close, what's your, what's your general move? You can either ignore the offer. You can either decline it without comment. You can try to construct a counteroffer or decline with comment. What do you think is your... Do you have one or two of those that's more go-to than the others? It's, it's not a straight answer because it depends on their team. I look at their team and I look for a possible counter with the construct of the trade that they have offered. And if they're, if they don't have anybody palatable for a counter offer, I will straight decline. But if they have somebody that I like, and then plus a few pieces and maybe even picks, then I'll make that counter offer. Otherwise, I may even just text them or group me, whatever the chat may be that you use. And I'll say, you know what? This isn't really close. However, I'm interested to, to possibly make a deal, but I'm, this is where I'm at. Where do we need to get to? And start the conversation. You know, some people are better with a conversation with a trade. Others, they're fine with a cold offer and a cold counter, and they're good with that. But other times you got to massage it a little bit and you got to talk to them. And what are they really looking to do? Okay, well, how close are we? Are we right there? Like, what if I throw in my future fourth or Whatever the case may be, you've got to sometimes talk to them. That's where I struggle. And yeah. I was, I mean, it sounds like it's basic questions. You know, yeah. are, are, what are you looking to do? And I usually do it through offers, but I, I do know that that could be more ambiguous to try to accomplish. You know, what's your motivation here? A lot of times I might ask a question or try to discern something about their player values within those offers. When I answer, you know, if I decline it, I include a comment. You know, this isn't particularly close, or it looks like you value player X a lot more than I do, or or something like that. But like you're saying, the other vehicle could just be in the league chat, you know, on a, on a private DM or something. It could be just responding in the via email. You know, that that email comes in and it goes right to the other the other owner as well. Um, and it sounds like you do a blended approach. You've done and been successful with either one. You know, I usually do the cold call method, maybe some some curt comments on the the trade itself. Um, but it's weird. I've actually I, I think I took a challenge one time. I said I was gonna for one week, I was gonna reach out to a lot of different league mates and start talking to them about trading. And I think through all those discussions, I maybe made one deal that whole week, which isn't overtly better or more productive or anything than my other methodology. So I found that curious when I did the experiment. It was like a couple of years ago. So I, I just I don't know if it's my thing, but I think what you said is important, which is 
find what your method is. A lot of people like that discussion and they feel like it's a, a teamwork thing of we're in this together. You know, I'm looking to improve running back. You're looking to get better at wide receiver. Let's find something that fits, you know, or something like that. Right. And and sometimes the offers are from Mars and you're from Mars and it just doesn't match. You just got to walk away. And, and um, if they're from Mars and you're from Venus, you find a common ground and then you work from there. But it talk it, it, talking, whether it's group me or whatever chat that you have can be very, very beneficial to both teams because you may find that, all right, well, this is the guy that I was going to target. But if you, especially in rookie drafts, you got a target, they got a different target. If they've they're if they're much higher on a player than you are, you can find that out from talking to them. And I think that when you get somebody talking, they're usually pretty honest. They're not going to, they're not going to play poker. They're not going to hold their cards close to the vest. You just get them talking. Who are you targeting here with this pick? Okay, well, then let's make this work. I want to get you into that car. I want to get you into <laughs> that car. What can we do to get you in that car today? Yeah, what I want to get you do? into that car today. I can envision that. I think I think another thing is don't get offended because we yeah. all have different player values. And right, exactly. So so one yeah. offer that is offensive to one is an auto accept to another, you know, right. in, in relative in relative uh, value. So, you know, we get I'm sure everyone has gotten comments before, like, are you serious? You're crazy. Like, I can't believe you know you'd waste my time with this type of offer. That sort of comment and that type of comment from from that team can be something that is very workable or even accepted by another. And that's why we don't all post online public rankings that would make things a lot more formulaic in, in putting offers together because you would just be able to see, oh, well, they have this player ahead of this player and I like the other one. So, hey, we can do straight up. Hey, you should be able to trade a pick in addition to that. But it's not so transparent. And so you can't take offense when you hear a comment by one of your offers. It's not that you know, I would say 99% of people and offers out there, and you're not trying to just go out there and rip people off. You're out there trying to make what you consider a fair market deal, yet one, obviously, because you sent it, you're try- you, you prefer. I mean, that's obvious. Anytime you get an offer, they prefer the side that they're getting over the side that they're giving. That's an obvious guy report. So uh, we know that going in. And that's why one comment that always has bugged me is when they say, Oh, well, if you if you receive this offer, you wouldn't accept it. Well, obviously, I'm on the opposite end. I mean, that, that goes without saying. Um, so I, I would say have a thick skin regarding comments because there's a lot of league mates out there. There's a lot of deals to be done. And without any offers going out there and being too, too timid about offending someone or being offended, then you're really going to be missing out on opportunities. Yeah. And... I think that there's several different things in play when it comes to trades. Hype is one of them. And players get hyped at different times in the season. In the off season, hype doesn't mean a crap to me. 
other than it's a good time to sell somebody. But you get closer to the season, hype may mean quite a bit. It just it depends on the time of year. It depends on what's going on. Hype with a Debbie player, it could be it could be gold. It could be the time to sell them. But you just gotta you just gotta roll with the punches. Yeah, uh, and I, I say that all the time that just because you don't value a player the most, that could be someone you have on your roster. But know who the hot guy or know who the the biggest asset, biggest piece is in a deal because you have to leverage that. You have to. You mentioned you know if you have Josh Allen and Superflex, even if you don't think he is QB one or QB two or whatever in in overall in Dynasty, that still doesn't you know preclude you from asking for the moon in a deal because he is white hot. He is he, he has surpassed Patrick Mahomes for a lot of people, even if it's not you. And that means that he needs to be viewed as that hammer in a trade and you need to ask for something that is of requisite value. And I think you mentioned it well with, with Debbie. That is probably the biggest circus uh, circus act and biggest uh, roller coaster ride in player value because it can be based on a spring practice, you know, the spring game. It could be based on some hype, or they got on a couple of breakout candidate lists, and all of the, you know, so and so got some first team reps, and all of a sudden they're worth a full round more than they were uh, 24 hours ago, and nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. They still haven't done anything because it's not September October. So, uh, I, yeah, I think I think playing the time of year, playing the hype meter, and again, that's not really based on what you think. That's based on well, what's just kind of out there, you know? What what are you feeling out there in the marketplace, and what's going on in the news cycle? So, Katie, let's go into I, I picked three example deals. So, the rules of engagement are going to be: you pick what side. That if this was just a straight up deal, and if you have certain circumstances, but you're going to pick the side that you like. And what we're going to do is we're going to simulate you receiving the opposite side, so that we we can talk through some ideas on what would be options for a counteroffer. So a recent deal, this is in Superflex. There's a rookie pick involved, but a rather simple deal. Daryl excuse me, Daryl Henderson and 202 for Darren Waller. There's no tight end premium here. So Henderson and 202 for Darren Waller. What side do you prefer? If that offer was just an analysis that a subscriber or listener asked you about, what would you say? Waller. Okay. So you prefer the Waller side. Now let's yeah. pretend you have Waller and the offer comes in Daryl Henderson and 202. So you obviously prefer your side as it currently stands. So let's talk through a bunch of different ideas. Someone receives this offer. We receive this offer. What are some ideas without knowing rosters? But obviously some assumptions here. Darren Waller is your tight end one. Let's assume that which is probably the most likely scenario. 202, you kind of know the typical players involved in Superflex in that zone. Daryl Henderson, a, a primary backup day two guy as it currently stands as, a, as an asset here. So what are some ideas to talk through? Right. So Darren Waller is a premier tight end. You don't want to get too watered down Choices like I like Daryl Henderson, but he's a backup. I like 202, but they're probably a backup. So if you're gonna do the best for your punch, you're gonna want a first round pick and then plus some. 
And if it's not this year, because this year sucks, at least get like that 23 second instead of a 22 second. Uh, you, you have to shape the deal towards what you expect that player to be. And not just that I want to dump him and not just that I want to get rid of him. You got to get something and that's not enough. Daryl Henderson plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some ideas, like you mentioned, you got to get a first back. So maybe that's something depending on your tight end two situation, how comfortable you are. That could be Daryl Henderson and a 23 first. That could be, um, again, now, now we can talk about uh, maybe getting a tight end back. What do they have at tight end? Maybe there's something, uh, you know, someone that's a little down the totem pole there. Maybe, you know, they have uh, someone that's higher and you go, well, let me give Darren Waller and something for, so you want Darren Waller. Well, let me upgrade at tight end. So that's another option. Uh, another option would be, well, let's take Darren Waller out of the entire thing. You know, I have Darren Waller, not much else at tight end. What if we go, you know, I'm trying to buy Daryl Henderson. What if I just outright offer my, 210 or 303 or whatever it is for Daryl Daryl Henderson. You know, and if 202, oh, I kind of like that spot in the draft. What if I trade up or trade back? You know, oh, I have uh, 109. You know, what if I give 109 for 202 and Daryl Henderson and something else? So already we've talked through five, six, seven different iterations of keeping something the same in the deal of, oh, you want Waller? Let's make it work. You know, oh, you want to sell Daryl Henderson, sell 202, some combination of that. Uh, you have a lot of options there. And they may not have every iteration on yours or their roster, but I guarantee they have some of that. Some of that does, you know, our are, are, are commonalities between those two teams. Um, yeah. All right, go ahead. The, the main thing to remember about a trade is, you have a purpose and they have a purpose. If the purposes don't match, I don't care what you throw in, what you add, what you what you subtract, it's all going to be for naught. You have to at least explore trades with people that are going to move that player. Darren Waller is a great example. He's, he's not for everybody, but if you've got him on and you're on a non-competing roster, you want to get rid of him, but you want to get pieces. So you have to make sure that you get the right pieces. Trading is about being negotiable, but getting what you want. You can't walk away from a trade not getting what you want. That isn't going to work. Yeah, and... And if you have Darren Waller and nothing else, and they're going after tight end, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough right. for you to trade him away. So, or again, maybe you can offer your second tight end. You know, maybe you have Dawson Knox. Maybe you have Noah Fant. Maybe you have someone in that that secondary zone that you say, well, Darren Waller is not going to work. What if you give two hundred two and something for you know my number two tight end? You know, and it's still better than what you have. So there's a lot of latitude there to. Like you said, what are the motivations between the two teams? Let's go into a, a second deal here. So we've got DJ Moore for Rashad Bateman and Devonta Smith. So on face value, what side do you like? Rashad Bateman and Devonta Smith. Okay. So let's flip it around. Let's say that they are offering DJ Moore 
for your Rashad Bateman and Devonta Smith. Kind of break down what you're thinking and what could be possible counter offers. I potentially add a third round pick. Um, but I mean, DJ Moore in and of himself, I don't think he's that much different from Rashad Bateman. So if I'm if I'm on the Rashad Bateman side. And I can get an additional third round pick or something. I'm going to go for that because I think that DJ Moore is the big hype name. And if you want to play hype, then you're going to ask for more. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one factor in this would be, you know, am I looking to consolidate, you know, in, in this instance, you're going from two wide receivers to one. So is that appealing? Are you starting? You've said before, I mean, you could have one mandatory wide receiver. You could have five and that could be a major factor in this and, and how deep you are. Um, also, you know, in terms of what's expected this year, Rashad Bateman, he's expected to break out. He's expected to have a, a rising tide for his production, but it hasn't happened. You know, DJ Moore has been pretty solid for two, three years. Devonta Smith, what's life going to be like with AJ Brown? So there's some variables there. Um, in terms of what's going to what's going to occur, and you have a lot of you have a lot of variables here. Where oh, you want Bateman, you want Smith. Well, how about you know? What, do you have someone higher than DJ Moore? You know, do, is there someone more appealing? Uh, maybe I might be looking because I'm uh, strong at the position, and Bateman's my wide receiver five, and uh, Devonta Smith is my five or six. You know, just down the dial, I only have to start a couple guys. Maybe you're looking to switch over to a, a, a stud tight end. Maybe you're looking to to switch over and improve one of your quarterback spots. So you've uh, you've got a lot of options there. I will say it's interesting. This is a, a unique one where you're going two for one at the same position. A lot of times there's there's cross pollination there. So uh, this one again, you could either add you know like you mentioned a third or a second or a second to first or whatever you deem applicable to the other side. And you could also again start flipping or adding other positions or other upgrades. Um, to your to your lineup if if you view that applicable. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is those guys are are hype is a big thing in dynasty football. It can be good for you. It can be bad for you. What do you believe the hype is? Do you believe that Rashad Bateman, with everything that's happened in Baltimore, is going to be the wide receiver one? If you believe that, then you're going to go all in. You're, you're going to try everything that it takes to make that trade. Devonta Smith in Philadelphia is a good chip. He's he's proven in a rookie year that he can do it. Okay. So, again, you have to determine how many wide receivers do you need? What are What is your format? Do you want to consolidate or do you want to go with – the masses and the more chips that you have. So again, you're looking at the whole deal, not just the finite. This is it. Yep. Uh, we got one more. Uh, so this deal is Matthew Stafford in Superflex 307 and a 23 third for 102. So what side, what side do you naturally like? Hundred percent. I'm going for the Matthew Stafford side. 
Okay. So let's pretend you have Matthew Stafford and you have the third, the couple of thirds, and someone offers you 102. What would be something that you would think about countering? What would be the different iterations of, are you keeping 102 in it? Are you keeping Matthew Stafford in it? And what options do you have? Well, again, it depends on the format. Completely, completely depends on the format. But let's say I've got Matthew Stafford. I'm not going to let him go just for the 102 because in this year's class, there's no quarterbacks. So um, I would say the 102 plus like they're 23 first, which may seem high, but Matthew Stafford is the epitome of professional quarterbacks. I'm not going to let him go for just the 102. That's bullshit. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and again, he's a stable option. A lot of people r- want to run him into the ground, but I mean, he's 34 years old and locked into one of the best systems. You could argue that his, his weapons could he's be even better this year. Years left, I mean, he's got Allen more. Robinson added to right, Cooper Cup. Right. I mean, they are cooking. And and yeah, he I mean, 34 years old, like you just said, four, five, six years left, and, and he's locked into that system. So yeah, 102, just just naked 102 is I mean, you're you're setting yourself back a great deal. You've got to absolutely home run that pick, and it's, it's still not a quarterback. See, that's the thing. If Stafford, either Stafford's your QB too. Um, so I would say the first thing I'd start doing is looking at their quarterbacks. Oh, you want Stafford? Well, how well, is that? What if I get Aaron Rodgers plus something? Like, oh, you get younger. You're getting younger with Matthew Stafford, but you know, you're. You, I get I get Aaron Rodgers. Or if you're, you know, downgrading, if you will. You've got to be very careful about the profiles. You know, maybe if you go to Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins or something like that, and you get that plus. So that might be something. Can I go to another undervalued profile and then get 102 or a high first or whatever? Uh, I think you mentioned a 23 first. You could add that on. Um, you could also stand to get an auto start player and a strong uh, auto start at another position. So you, you have that option of 102 plus, well, I'm deep at quarterback. You know, what if you have, you know, Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford? Now it's a maybe a little different equation on you might be looking to divest and help your lineup a little bit more because you have three guys instead of just two high quality options. Um, so that would be another thing of like, oh, maybe I'm looking to keep Stafford and sell one of the other two uh, for even more than this. So you have all those iterations and you also have the option of saying, well, it sounds like you might be looking to sell 102. Well, maybe I'm interested because I'm at 106. So maybe I can offer 106 plus whatever for 102 if that's what you're looking to do. So poking and prodding their motivation for maybe selling the pick or they might be going after Stafford. Those are kind of the two things at play at this deal. Yeah. One of my big pet peeves is... I don't care who it is. Everybody does this. I'm loaded at quarterback. I need running back. Would you sell XYZ quarterback for XYZ running back? A discount for a running back, yeah. This and this. No, I wouldn't do that because you're giving a discount. I don't care if you're loaded at a position. You don't give a discount at that position just because you're loaded. I don't, I really don't care. Like if you want a running back, you're going to pay running back prices. If you got a quarterback in a super flex, you don't discount the super flex 
quarterback just because you have six of them. You have six of them because that's the position you stocked up on. It doesn't mean that you give a discount just to get another position. Well, but I need running back. Okay, it's freaking May, June. You don't need a running back right now. You don't. <laughs> Slap yourself. Look it in the mirror. Slap your freaking self. You don't need a running back right now. You don't. Well, you don't need a certain position right now either. Right, exactly. Exa- I'm just giving that oh, as yeah. one example. But you don't need that right now. You don't. And I don't care how many how many quarterbacks you have. You don't give a discount just because you have a bunch of them. You you negotiate a deal and you if it is if it doesn't work that it's this quarterback, work out another quarterback. But get your value. You don't want to just because you're I mean, you think of the stocks, the stock market the ebbs and flows, you don't give away value just because you have more of them. That's when you suck the value from your league mates and you make them pay your price. Yep, absolutely. Um, And that actually might have been your final thoughts, but it might have been been. something beyond (laughs) something beyond counter offering and negotiating trades. uh, If you do have them, uh, this is the platform to uh, to finish off the show here. Well, there we go. So again, when it comes to trading, whether it's countering or going straight for the juggler, you don't discount. You stack up positions because you want good players. You need good players to make good trades, but you don't discount just because you need another position more than XYZ position, if a player is valued in the top 10 of all dynasty and you trade him for a top 40, that hasn't gotten you anywhere. It hasn't. If you have top 10 players, you treat them like top 10 players. It's just like if you've got the 101 in a rookie draft if let's say you want to trade back for value and nobody else wants to trade with you, then make your pick, make your best pick that you can, but don't discount the value just because eh, everything else is the same. Make your pick, then stand on your freaking mountain, but don't be on a mountain alone Try to make the the trade, but a trade is only so good as it benefits both of you. And if it doesn't benefit you, why are you trading? Yep, absolutely. Well said. And uh, that is Katie Flower. You can find her on Twitter at FF underscore Scholar 399 between episodes and I would highlight a couple things that I've, I've put out right now. We've got on UTH Premium Podcasts over at UTH Dynasty. Uh, there's a, a two series that I've put out recently. One of them is about the most recent post-NFL draft ADP movers at the skill position. So that's a four-part series you can find from 
last week and on into the weekend. And then this week, it's all about the breakout finder formula. So looking at each of the skill positions, uh, quarterback, depending on when you're listening to this, running back, but then wide receiver tight end this week will be out. And again, that's going to look at profiles and say, what profiles, what players, what career arcs are most likely to break out in 2022? So highly insightful there. And I do want to mention also, I've got some podcasts up for the UTH Trade Calculator. There's going to be a monthly strategy session series, as well as re, uh, reformatting and republishing the Trade Calculator how-to guide so that you can better utilize the powerful tool of the UTH Trade Calculator. And then finally, some of the stuff over at UTH Patreon, patreon.com slash UTH. If you want to find even more additional content, I talk trading a lot over there. I made a feature show about John Mechie and then also uh, a hot seat watch for the quarterback position over the last week or so. And then how about David Njoku? New contract there with the Browns. Some of my dynasty thoughts and where he sits with his value now post uh, Austin Hooper leaving this offseason, as well as that new contract for David Njoku, and hopefully, fingers crossed, being paired with Deshaun Watson at some point this season on the potential uptick Browns offense. And between episodes, you can find me at Chad Parsons NFL. And for Katie Flower, until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties. Royce Freeman, no, no, no.